An updated COVID-19 vaccine is available to New Yorkers, and Governor Kathy Hochul, who got her latest jab in mid-September, is urging eligible people to get the latest protection. For more on the new vaccine, as well as the state of COVID-19 transmission in New York, we're joined on the Capitol Press Room by Dr. Jim McDonald, the state health commissioner. Welcome back to the show, Commissioner. Dave, it's great to be with you. Thank you for having me again. It's our pleasure. So with the public health emergency declaration stemming from COVID-19 either ended or ending, how would you describe the threat posed by the virus to New Yorkers right now? Yeah, we still have a fair amount of COVID out there. You know, it's not like it was last year. You know, but one of the things I think we all need to keep in mind is COVID hasn't found its season yet. And so, you know, flu has a season. You know, we aren't seeing any flu yet, but we've been seeing COVID you know, pretty much at a pretty significant rate, at least all year long. And, you know, one of the things I think about is just as a perspective is, you know, about 10 people passing away every day in New York from COVID. I mean, anybody passed away from flu uh, because flu's got a season to it, whereas COVID doesn't have that yet. So it's still, you know, a threat to New Yorkers. It's still something we need to keep uh, thoughtful about. And And that's part of why I'm pretty excited we have a new tool to combat COVID. Well, you mentioned that there isn't exactly a COVID season, but we do see trends in COVID ebb and flow, specifically with regards to hospitalization, which is kind of one of the best benchmarks for tracking the state of the virus right now. So when you look at the state of hospitalization right now in New York, do we seem to be heading in the right direction, wrong direction? How how do you think about it? You know, I think about I follow this rates and see where the rates are going. You know, it's been a little bit like kind of a roller coaster in some ways. You know, but one of the things I've noticed the last several weeks been heading up, you know, last week it sort of leveled off a little bit. We'll see what that does. So I expect you're going to see some of these changes with hospitalization rates. You know, but you think about this, a little over 1,400 people in the hospital right now with a positive COVID test, about six out of 10 of those, it's from COVID. You know, it's a substantial number. You're seeing a little over 200 people a day being admitted with a positive COVID test. I mean, it's a substantial number. Nothing like what we saw last year. But I think it underscores, you know, we're still seeing a number of people hospitalized, you know, relative to COVID. And, you know, quite frankly, I think a lot of us are like, yeah, it's treatable. We're thrilled it's treatable. I'm glad there's Paxlovid. I think I've told you before how I did really well with the Paxlovid myself. But quite frankly, I think a lot of people are really excited that there is a new tool. And I'm glad that we have one. And in terms of the threat that's out there right now, is there one specific variant when it comes to COVID-19 that have public health officials concerned, or is there a variety of emerging strains that are problematic? Yeah, you know, I don't know who in their bingo card thought we'd be talking about Omicron subvariant so much in 2023, you know, but that's what I follow, right? So whether it's XBB 1.9 or XBB 1.16, which and Dave, I admit these variants and subvariants sound more and more like Star Wars droids than really viruses, but that's what they are. This is what's going around right now in New York State. You know, I'm following as well as the rest of the world with this BA286, you know, but we, we've seen a handful of cases of that in New York. You know, it's in the wastewater a little bit. But right now, when you look at what is going around, it's the Omicron subvariants, which has been what all of 2023 has been about. So when you really think of 2023 and COVID, it's all been the Omicron subvariants. And when you look at the vaccine that was just designed, it was designed to address these very same Omicron subvariants. So that's something I'm optimistic about.
Well, yeah, what should New Yorkers know about the latest vaccine for COVID-19 protection? For example, is this a booster the way some of the fall vaccines were billed in the past, or is this a brand new set of protections? Yeah, so when you think about a booster vaccine, because everybody gets booster vaccines when they're children, I think about a booster vaccine is the same vaccine given multiple times. It literally boosts your immune system. It literally tells your immune system, I've been here before, remember me. This is not a booster. This is a new vaccine. In other words, the virus has changed a lot. This shows you that the vaccine has changed to match what's out there. This is a good thing. Because what you see now is the vaccine that we're offering now, the new vaccine, really does address the subvariant that's out there. And that's why it's not a booster. It's a new vaccine. And previous Boosters, uh, to bring that language back again, included the bivalent booster from last fall and winter. Is this another bivalent vaccine? Are we in monovalence? Are we up to the trivalence? Anything like that that we should know about? Or is that not matter and we should just roll up our sleeves? So I, I think it's wonderful that we're talking about how many different strains. When we talk about whether something is monovalent one, bivalent two, trivalent three, or quadrivalent four, it really talks about, well, how many strains of the virus we're trying to protect against are in there. For example, Dave, when you get your flu vaccine this year, it'll be a quadrivalent vaccine. It'll protect you against two influenza A strains and two influenza B strains. When you got the original COVID vaccine, it was just the ancestral strain. When you got the bivalent booster, it was the ancestral strain plus another one. This one's the new vaccine. It just has one strain in it. It happens to be called XBB 1.5, but really it's just one strain. And, and I hope that helps people have a little bit of context about it. It's a new vaccine, but it's something we know. Like Dave, you're used to the flu vaccine being updated every year. I don't know that we're going to get COVID vaccines every year. I, I'm not ready to commit to that yet, but this is an updated vaccine to represent where we are right now. Well, for listeners just joining us, you're listening to the Capitol Press Room, and we're speaking with Dr. Jim McDonald, the state health commissioner, about the state of COVID-19 transmission in New York and the protection that New Yorkers can get from an updated COVID-19 vaccine. So in terms of what New Yorkers can expect in terms of benefits from this vaccine, is it simply limited to making a severe case of COVID-19 less severe? Or are there any sort of protections that we can potentially get from actually catching uh, the virus in terms of limiting our, our transmission risk? Yeah, so when you think about the flu vaccine, it's sort of the same thing. At the end of the season, we can tell you how effective the vaccine was. But at the end of the year, we can tell you it was this effective at preventing death, this effective at preventing hospitalization. You know, how effective was it preventing disease? This is what you're going to see with the COVID vaccine. I expect it's going to be very effective at preventing deaths. I think it's going to be very effective at preventing hospitalization. But I think like the flu vaccine, what you're going to see is some people are still going to get COVID and some people still get the flu, but you have a much milder case. And so when I think about answering the why does anybody want to get the COVID vaccine it's because you're a lot less likely to end up in a hospital and a lot less likely to end up, you know, passing away from COVID. So that's the why of why you would want to get the COVID vaccine. Well, what's the how? How do New Yorkers go get the COVID vaccine? Yeah. So getting it from a pharmacy, federally qualified health center, doctor's office, this is what you're going to see. It's, we've transitioned to the commercial market. In other words, you're not going to see state vaccine sites open up. There aren't counties that are going to be, you know, open up, you know, big tents. In other words, it's really now into the commercial market. It's like every other vaccine we get. So the same way you get your flu vaccine is the same way you get your COVID vaccine. 
So considering that there are often disparities, though, in how people access healthcare, are you concerned at all that by making that sort of transition that there are going to be subsets of New York that are left behind in this effort because of, say, their limited access to healthcare services? Yes, I am concerned. And yes, we're addressing that as best we can. How do we address it? We're going to make sure the federally qualified health centers have the vaccine, make sure they're giving it, solve problems they're having. Try to make sure that all the pharmacies and all the communities are given the vaccine. We're going to try to make sure we have a voice in this and try to do this. But I, I have to admit, though, I'm flying the plane a little bit with blinders, though, because I really don't have any way of knowing how many people get the COVID vaccine this year. Like with the ending of the public health emergency, I don't know how many people got the vaccine anymore for people 18 and older. I do know how many kids will get it because we have a, a database for kids, but we don't have a database for adults. You know, there was a you know, we, we really do need legislation that allows us to actually see how many adults are actually getting um, any vaccine. Quite frankly, it's it was a good idea last year. It didn't go all the way through, uh, but it is something that would help us this year. What would your message be then for people who might be concerned about negative effects from the vaccine that maybe don't manifest themselves for years down the road and thus haven't been detected by a, a short window of testing for a virus that's only been around for a couple of years? We've been dealing with the COVID vaccine since December 14th, 2020. So it's really not that short a period of time. And if we've had any problem with a drug or a vaccine in the past, we've picked it up long before this time now. You know, we're a good, you know, three plus almost four years now getting into this whole experience here. So it, it's an FDA approved vaccine. In other words, it's gone through the same approval process other vaccines go through. So I, I think at some point, if that's your reason, that's not really a reason. That just might be your excuse. Sorry to be so blunt, but that's really what it is. You know, I think what you really should be asking yourself is if I'm going to get a vaccine, why am I getting a vaccine? And it's really to reduce your risk of ending up in a hospital or passing away from this disease. And that's up to you. You know, and, you know, the older you are, the higher your risk is. Is there any sort of public health rationale for getting the vaccine or, or because it doesn't actually impact transmission? There's not really a public health concern here. Yeah, so I don't know that it doesn't impact transmission yet because there will be some people who won't get disease. And if people don't get disease, they're less likely to transmit. We won't have that data until after the season. You know, but when I think about the public health reason, you know, the health department cares very deeply about every individual. So I want you all healthy and doing well. So that's one public health concern. You know, the other thing is if you have a you know, much shorter course of illness, you'll get back to your life a lot quicker. And I really do want people to have fun in life and feel better and not be sick. You know, and I want people to know, too, that, by the way, if you even if you get COVID, still talk to your healthcare provider about getting treatment, whether you've been vaccinated or not. You know, it's a very treatable disease. You know, treatment isn't for everybody. But if you don't talk to your doctor, you don't know if it's for you. Are there any COVID-19 vaccine requirements from the state that are still in place? Well, that's a no. So regardless of what your profession is or whether you want to attend a public school or anything like that, there's no requirement to get vaccinated. No, there's no requirement. I know that's something that's very near and dear to a lot of people on both sides of that conversation. My philosophy is somewhat simple. I'll explain the why of what you should do and then help you decide what to do. You know, but public health is public. And I think what we really see with the public right now is, at least for now, they really don't want to be told what to do. I think what the public wants right now is the freedom to make their own decision. And I do respect that. You know, I think you have to look at yourself in the mirror. I'd prefer you listen to real experts, though. Um, and that's where I think people really need to ask yourself, where are you getting your information from? 
Well, we've been speaking with Dr. Jim McDonald. He is the state health commissioner. Dr. McDonald, thank you so much for making the time. Dave, I hope you have a good rest of your day. Thank you. Support for the Capitol Press Room provided by the New York State AFL-CIO, a federation of 3,000 unions fighting for working people by keeping New York State union strong. Visit unionstrongny.org for more information.